So you recently watched all six of the original Star Trek movies, right? You finished them, right? Yes, yes. So I, um, my wife was on a cruise last week at the time of us uh, recording this, and so I was with I was watching the kids for myself for a week, and so then when the kids would go to bed, I would uh, either get slightly buzzed or slightly high and watch a movie every night. So I was. Um, I subscribe to the Blank Check podcast, and I, I pay for their Patreon, so their, their bonus episode feed. Um, and so on the Rain Show, Blank Check, they mostly talk about like directors who have... They, they go through the filmographies of directors with interesting filmographies, basically people who have had a ton of success earlier in their career to get a blank check to like make kind of like uninhibited... Like basically tenant. Oh sure, yeah. Tenet would be an example of a blank check movie for sure, and they and they have done Nolan on the on the show, but on their Patreon they they mostly do they do other things too, but they mostly do audio commentaries for like different movie franchises. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was I kind of for the few weeks before my wife left, I had been working through the Roger Moore uh, Bond movies and then i finished that up like while she was gone and then i started and then finished all of the original series uh films and um i'd actually seen a few of the original series films not that long ago so obviously um i watched uh yeah because we watched final frontier Frontier, yeah really not that long ago um like 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 less than a year ago which is like the only the only reason i would ever watch final frontier twice in (laughs) the space of one year um and then i had seen wrath of khan and um motion picture not that long ago in theaters um so i had seen those three but it had been a long time since i'd seen uh search for spock or voyage home or um undiscovered country but i watched all six of them again uh in basically one one a night um and i think i would say like officially now that like my favorite star trek movie is no longer voyage home it is the motion picture i think the motion picture is really even just so that. good yeah i just think it looks it looks incredible it's like maybe not far and away the best looking one but definitely the best looking one I, maybe far and away but like i would say con con comes close and that con is made for like a lot less money but they they really nailed like the aesthetic stuff and figured out how to do a lot with a little um yeah uh but it looks great but i just i don't know i just love that like all of the philosophical stuff in that and all the stuff about like what does it mean to be alive and and what what are our highest uh you know aspirations and goals and stuff i I just i really like the high-mindedness of that of that one and i just and i like it's kind of trippy too and i just like all of the i don't know i just i I really vibe with that movie in a big way. Um, and yeah, so I still really loved that one. Um, Rathacon is like kind of undeniable. Like it's just like, it's just very well paced. And even if I'm not like a giant fan of like the very end, it's, but it's well paced and like it's well yeah. performed and stuff and it looks very good. Yeah. I forget if we talked about this on the show or not, but cause I think it was not too long after we had already watched it for our episode on it that i saw something that like you never think about but is true is that uh ricardo montalban and william shatner were never actually on set together like they never share a scene yeah i think we did talk about that but which is wild yeah it's interesting because you really don't think about it because they have such like a connection you know and yeah and like i feel like they both are the kind of like performers and characters that just like their presence is felt all Mm -hmm. the time even if they're not there 
Yeah. And I, yeah, I will say that like Final Frontier plays worse watching it in concert with these other movies because it looks by far the worst. Oh, okay. Like 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 and like when you see these other movies, you're like, oh yeah, like this one's pretty rough. Because like I would say that after the first two, all the rest of the movies take a pretty noticeable step down. There's some cool stuff in all of them, but like like um, you know, uh, there's there's some interesting stuff in like the Undiscovered Country, but like the like there's also got like the Klingon blood, which looks like terrible. Do you remember that? Do you remember the Klingon blood? I don't in, remember the Klingon blood. No. The, it's like a very early use of like CG. Like they have like this oh. this like CG blood because because Wasn't it's that it scene. Like, I, there's is it like a zero G blood yeah. thing? I vaguely yeah. remember that. Yeah. Yeah, because they they because it's it's like a it's basically like a kind of like a false flag like operation where like yeah they turn off the gravity in this Klingon ship and then these people dressed in Starfleet uniforms come over and like assassinate the Klingon ambassador and it's like the people behind it ultimately end up being like uh, the 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 Vulcan played by the Sex and the City lady I can't remember her name right now and then um, and Christopher Plummer's Klingon character who are both trying to like sabotage like the peace talks and stuff and so like then yeah there's this zero G blood where they're shooting they're shooting these guys and the blood's coming out and it's like this is really bad looking blood and, and like but yeah like they all have cool moments too like there's there's a really great shots in like search for spock of like christopher lloyd's bird of prey and also just like i, I sent you some images like the 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 wardrobe that the cast has in that movie is insane like it's just like the most disco cast off thing imaginable like uh-huh. Yeah, very, very just like interesting aesthetic movies, and then and then four is still really fun and funny. I just think that like the three, three through three through five, especially, but three through six really like all feel a little bit more like long TV shows just in their production value and stuff. And so like yeah, just don't kind of have the like I I love I love four still, but I think it's it's hard to hold it up against one in particular because one is just like it's a movie, you know. It's like it's very much like in trying to be in conversation with like two thousand one and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I used to the last time I watched it's been probably the longest since I've seen um, Search for Spock or or Undiscovered Country, and I remember not really loving Undiscovered Country the last time I watched it, but I actually liked it quite a bit this time. I think that like there's some stuff about it that I don't like. As much where, like, you know, suddenly Kirk hates all Klingons forever because of, like, his son who no one really thinks about because he's not a very interesting character, you know? Right. And, and I think that, like, maybe, like, their their comparison of them to the Russians is, like, a little bit too one-to-one. Um, but there is some really good action in them, and there's just some, some good performances. And it's just very, very kind of, like, theatrical. And I, I, I ended up liking it. I, I like... And the cast on all of them is just very game, and I don't know. I I, I really had a fun time watching them, um, and I think both for the Bond movies and for the the Star Trek movies, I think that the blank check people had a really fun time doing the commentary. So I, it sounds like they're probably going to try to do more Bonds and more Star Treks later on, which I'm excited oh, about. Yeah, because I that's like one of my favorite podcasts, and. Um, I I have started sometimes when I'm either watching a movie myself or like watching a movie with. The kids or Kim, um, I will, I'll turn on, uh, if, especially if it's a movie I've seen before. I'll turn on their audio commentary. So like we're watching, we're now rewatching all the Mission Impossible movies in the lead up to the new one. 
Okay. And um, they did they did commentaries on those too, so I'm listening to those as well. But yeah, uh, if you like movies or if you if you enjoy like kind of learning about movies and stuff, like just the the main the main feed is a really a really good and free like podcast to listen to. Like they're doing Buster Keaton movies right now. I think by the time that this episode comes out, they'll be doing like Park Chan-wook. Um, mm-hmm. So I found it like very kind of educational. And as yeah. I've, especially as I've gotten into like watching more movies and understanding more about like the movie industry and film history and stuff like that. It's a really good show for that. But yeah, I nice. also a good excuse to watch some Star Trek. So Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And I am happy that we had a longer call open for this episode because I don't have a lot to say about what we're talking about today. Maybe you do, but um, we're talking about natural law, which, depending on how you count it, is either season... It's season seven, but it's either 21 or 22, I think, of, of Voyager. Uh, but it's called Natural Law. It's uh, written by James Kahn, but not that James Kahn. It's a different spelling of his last <laughs> name. And Kenneth Biller. And it's directed by Terry Wendell. Let me just see if James, this James Kahn has written anything else. This James Kahn wrote one episode of TNG and, and then was in and wrote uh, four episodes of Voyager. He is not, okay. he did not appear in. Uh, in Michael Mann's Thief, among other movies. Uh, the the, uh, the memory alpha synopsis for this episode is, en route to a scientific conference on Lados, or Lidos, Chakotay and Seven's shuttle is driven out of control by a force-filled layer over a wilderness area. Meanwhile, Paris gets a speeding ticket in a Delta Flyer and ascends to a three-day safety course. Yep. So I found this episode very frustrating to watch because it's... I actually, I like the Paris stuff... Which I, is I agree. A sentence that... I don't say very often. Um, and then the rest, the Chakotay 7 thing, I find kind of like unconscionably boring until the last eight minutes of the show, at which point I got very mad because I was like, this should have been the whole show. Yes. I think it, it like suddenly, yeah, became like got into some very interesting stuff and then was over. It is. It, yeah. It's kind of the opposite of. Um, if you remember, I well, I think it was a couple years ago now that we watched. Um, wow. Yeah, because it was it was last time we were together when we watched um, Author Author. It's kind of the opposite uh, yeah. of that episode where it's like we paused that episode about like th- thirty minutes in, and we're like, "Wow!" Like there's still a bunch more like, of I expect, left. Yeah, I expect because they really be, like wrapping up. Because <laughs> it kind of like it pivots from one story to another, and you're like, "Man, like this would be like a normally like two episodes of show," and yeah. this one where it's just like. Basically, like they spend the first like thirty minutes on like what should be like the cold open of the show, uh-huh. <laughs> and then just like and then at the end they're just learning how like, to say thank you in sign language. Yeah, and then at the end they're just like, oh, and here's something. Uh, we don't have really time to talk about it. Bye. Um, yeah. And yeah, like it. It really the 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 wasted potential really bothered me. Um, yeah, I think for me it was one of those like with just kind of the whole like intended like subject matter and like message in that where i'm just like it's one of those episodes that makes me want to just like kind of pat voyager on the hand and be like oh voyager like i can tell your heart was in the right place probably <laughs> you, you tried yeah <laughs> yeah you, you... uh well we'll get into it i <laughs> we, I, we I don't even really know that i agree with their conclusions honestly but um i we'll... yeah i 
we'll get I think into it's it. yeah, not fully, but yeah, I think they definitely like uncover some problems with their own and just like the general approach to this. But but yeah, I guess <laughs> let's start out with talking about the fun part of this. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> which is that Tom Ferris gets a speeding ticket and has to take a defensive driving class, and it's amazing. Yeah. And it has nothing to like. It's fully separate from. Well, at the, the very entire end, it, rest of the episode until the very end, <laughs> but it's great. I, I love it. Yeah, he's going. He's he's speeding basically. He's he has a speeding ticket. Yeah, and he's then, like flying the Delta Flyer like recklessly and too fast. And then um, what's I'm trying to find the name of that because he there's a he has a driving instructor from Latos who comes over. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to find this guy's name. Does oh, he, Clegg. It's Clegg. Oh, okay. I was like, and, does he get a name? Yeah. And he's played by. Neil C. Vipund or Vipond, and who and his this guy rocks. This guy is also he he is he is uh, in one Deep Space Nine episode um, as a as a as a as a Klingon also. So <laughs> he this guy is incredible. Like he's giving just like such a great just kind of like really really kind of like uh, uh, kind of smug and like kind of take a lot of, like holds himself in very high esteem. Uh, guy who's his driver instructor who's just kind of old and like but also just like really really conscientious you know like like tom yes. paris really wants to like just skip the written portion of yeah he's like can i just like test out of this yeah and he's like no 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 this is important you know like yeah. uh, uh every and, one of my students does the full class and everyone passes at the end yeah and he's like how long is this gonna take he's like, oh probably like four hours but you know there's no rush you know yeah. i want you to i want to give you all the time you need you know and, yeah. and at the at, you know toward the end he says something like oh you you're 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 about to prove you're an adequate pilot, you know. And Tom Harris yeah. is still making faces at him. And I, I, you know, it's funny we were just talking about. Um, and everyone last... else on the crew like loves this as well. Yeah, because like they, you know, because first they are like, like he goes to Janeway and and he's like, you know, this is ridiculous. Like, and Janeway's like, nope, we, you know, it's important that we adhere to the customs of of the the locals and like i'm I'm giving you all the time off that you need to to complete this this driving course because like she just thinks it's hilarious and then yeah like, harry and balana are making fun of him for it and... it's it's funny because it's it, we were talking about this in our last episode where it's like there's a couple of aspects of like some of the stuff where it's like my personal distaste for michael kind of like aids in the effectiveness of some of it, which is definitely how I felt in this episode where it's just like, I really hate Tom Paris so much that like seeing Tom Paris be unhappy for a whole episode was just pretty fun. Just like warms like, your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's just like every now and then you're just like Voyager, they knew like, because it's like <laughs> clearly like they're just like all the other, like the way that all the other uh, crew members are like ripping on him. It's like, yeah, like they know that he's, He's kind of annoying. Like, Insufferable, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it, and just that's just all that happens in that episode. It's just like every every like f- seven or eight minutes, we'll just kind of cut back to like a very brief scene of Tom Paris being like, "I don't want to keep doing this," and then and then <laughs> and Neil, this like very patient driving instructor being like, "All right, well, I think we're gonna try some parallel parking now." <laughs> yeah, and it's it's good. It's very good. Um, it is, and it's also it's just it's a blessed respite from just nothing happening in the other yeah yeah Yeah, which is basically that chakotay and seven crash on a planet 
and where a bunch of where cave people live basically yeah so they're like they they're flying they're like going to some conference or something and they're flying by this planet and they run into this like invisible energy field that's surrounding the planet and it makes their shuttle crash and chakotay's like breaks his leg and the the shuttle's destroyed and so they're kind of like going through the woods like trying to find equipment from the shuttle to be able to contact voyager and they encounter these like pre-warp like pre like most technology people that communicate only with sign language and are just like one of those like very uncomfortable (laughs) Where it's, like, not a stereotype of any, like, specific indigenous group, but just, like, very vaguely, like, what we think these types of people, like, live and look like. And the Chihuahua is, like, so impressed by, like, their quiet nobility or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he, like, you know, he's like, yeah, they, like, are so kind and they fixed my leg and now it's feeling better and healing. And he, like, tries to, like, learn their language and is, like, drawing things in the dirt to try to, like, find out where their shuttle is and stuff like that. And Seven is just kind of, like, annoyed by them at first and is just, like, we shouldn't be interacting with them at all and they can't help us and we need to just, like, focus and get to work and find our shuttle and I'll just, like, go off on my own and do it because you're hurt. At one point, she meets someone who, like, drags her over to, like, look at a waterfall and it's, like, the fakest-looking waterfall I think I've seen. It's, it's, it's like, the, the effect yeah. of, like, them looking at this blue screen is, like, really terrible. I watched I watched the next episode we're going to do right right after this and it's it's just one of those things where you're just like oh man like you can really just see how 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 much better TNG looks by being shot on film than, than yeah. this show. Yeah, like it feels yeah. like for a long time that the episode's message is going to be like it's it it feels like almost a weird time traveling thing where it it feels like someone being like well if people just weren't so reliant on their dang phones, because like something that happens like pretty quickly is that like the, the, the cave people break Chakotay's comm badge and then like seven trips and basically like loses her, her tricorder like down a hole. Yeah. This part really, again, like was one of those, like it, I, it just like seems like the most, like, I don't know why this like really bothered me as being like out of character for like, Seven of like seven of nine, I feel like is traditionally like the most kind of competent person on the show, yeah, at pretty much all times. And then she's just kind of like floundering through the forest and like trips over a root and like drops her tricorder into like a crack in the rocks. And I was just like, this feels like a, a different character to me, yeah. Like, it feels like you were just like, oh, Jerry Ryan is like a damsel in distress now, almost, and just like. I- yeah, yeah. It it felt very, very like oh no, now she's like lost in the woods and scared, which just felt very un seven of nine to me. But I I will say though like the the one thing that was kind of keeping me going through this is Jerry Ryan because like I just think that like even when she's kind of like saddled with like a stinker, she's still kind of bringing it. Like I really just liked all of the scenes where like Chakotay was like, look, they taught me how to say river and she just kind of looks at him like okay like let's, let's yeah she's here. like all right well you stay here and have fun i'm gonna go like it's almost like she's just like this is a boring episode of star trek i would like to get back on the ship and play some callous cot or something you know like uh yeah and just like she does such a good job with that and she also does such a good job with just like 
realizing that she's having an emotional reaction to something and not wanting to admit it, you know, like that's just like that's her great yes, like, kind of stock I feel and like trade. Jerry Ryan is so good at like that kind of subtle like subtextual yeah. thing whenever like she is like feeling something and it's just like I don't want to be feeling something right now. Make yeah. this stop. Yep, <laughs> and, and it just and... all just plays out on her face so well. Yep, and so I, just, I even though I'm going to kind of rip on like the plot of this episode, I just wanted yeah. to like like I still was watching it and being like, man, Jerry Ryan's good. Yeah, but yeah, so she loses her tricorder, and then like one of the one of the people that kind of followed her, sort of like helps her, you know, find the ship without using the tricorder, but just like because they know the land and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so she, and then she's like able to. Well, first she's like, well, we need to like move, like there's interference here. So we have to like move this chunk of the shuttle to a different area so I can hook up my like communication device. Did you, did you notice about this? So like she, at first she's like, oh, it's, it weighs like, I don't know, a bunch of. Yeah. It's like, a, I forget what she says, but a lot, it was a lot. It was very heavy. And they're like, well, we can get them to move it. And then like, we you see later on, you see them moving it. And there's it's like, like it's not, people. it's not heavy. Like, you just tell <laughs> just by the way the thing it. is moving yeah. around. It is not a heavy thing that they're moving. <laughs> uh, I was, I was yeah. like, seven could have moved this by herself. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of a like, but now we need to like enlist these, these people to like do our manual labor for us. Yeah. And then they're able to like get it working and 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 kind of throughout all of this there's like occasionally like brief kind of arguments between seven of nine and chakotay of like should we be trying to follow the prime directive in any sense here or not Mm -hmm. of like we should like not let them see us you know using all of this technology or that and then they're just like but but we need them to help move it though yeah the and they kind of like justify it of just like well like the sooner we like can do the thing then we can beam all our stuff off the planet and like that's what'll actually be like have the least impact on their society is just like the faster we get out of here yeah that kind of thing and so then while this is going on voyager is kind of trying to figure out how to get them out and and which which they don't end up doing like like because the, the people who get them out like seven ultimately figures out how to like yeah how to like turn like turn the the energy field or like like yeah. make a hole in the energy field basically but what what does happen though is kind of for the setup for the end of the episode like uh janeway finds out that like the reason why there's this kind of these people are so isolated is because there's a barrier put up on this planet by by some aliens that have not since returned for like 200 years or so or something because yeah. the 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 ladosians who are who? I, I I guess I was not really clear on this, but like the those because they're not on the same planet. I don't think they're but like it's a neighboring yeah, but planet. They're like related in some way. They say well, they, like they well, they're saying that, like that they're these their, people are like yeah are their like ancestors. Kind of, remain, yeah, kind of like the sort of. But I was like, if they're their ancestors, how did they get off the planet? I don't know, but they're, they're related yeah. to them in some in some form, you know, and yeah. And so they were kind of like harassing these people many hundreds of years ago. So like some aliens came and were like, all right, sorry. Yeah, gotta, we're like setting up a like protected zone. Yeah, and yeah, like, and so they're like, we can't actually go down there anymore. Um, yeah, and and the and the something that I did think was like kind of interesting. Like this is like I think probably the closest that I found this episode got to like an interesting kind of like thematic subtext was that the ambassador is kind of like, oh yeah, we used to like go and do bad stuff to them and like 
we were less enlightened then, which is, is an interesting yeah. thing for him to say in context of what happens at the end of the yeah, I agree of like, the episode, like, which is oh like, yeah, we're like not not like the like terrible colonizers of the past. Uh, but yeah, then then Seven basically figures out how to temporarily disable the force field so that yeah. they can escape. But like as part of that happening, like the the girl that had sort of helped her out that she had kind of like again like probably without really realizing it at first, like developed kind of like an emotional like connection to like gets like shocked by one of the pieces of the ship and injured and so she's like well i'll stay just like long enough to kind of like use a men kit and sort of heal her mm-hmm. which i think and then uh the and and then <laughs> again like and then it finally gets interesting because then like basically by opening up this hole in the barrier then like a bunch of the ladosians beam down and they're like ah yes we're here to like study these people and like open some schools for them and like and also know. maybe we'll mine some stuff who knows yeah, maybe, like, get some resources from here and like oh it's it's definitely like for their own good and like think of all of the ways that we will help them become more civilized but i, I can't stress this enough this happens the first time you see one of these people on the planet this happens with literally eight minutes left in the episode like i checked the timer on it like it, it's like yeah. there's no time left when this starts happening yeah and so then Voyager is like, no, you can't do that. Like, you have to leave them alone and, like, let them develop on their own. And they're like, thank you so much for making this hole in the barrier. Please go away now. And then, like, before Voyager can, like, transport like transport out the device that's making the hole in the barrier, the Ladosians, like, attack them and, like, disable their transporter. But fortunately, <laughs> Tom Paris has been flying around in this area by himself in the Delta Flyer taking his driving test. And so then he's able to, like, fly in and, like, destroy the the little, like, transmitter device and and kind of seal the barrier back he, up. Yeah, he P-beams off the Lodosians that are on the planet, too. Yeah. So, okay. Again, this is what the whole episode should have been about. The whole episode should have been about, like, they accidentally have to knock down. They, they take on this barrier and then... because the, Just because they're trying to, like, rescue their people. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the Lodosians come in and are doing the, and then they have to figure out how to resolve the situation and they can go over the ethics of it and blah, 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 blah. And instead it's just kind of like at the very end, this happens after again, about 30 minutes of kind of nothing happening. Like, like the, the stuff before this is like very, very slow and like not particularly interesting or rich outside of Jerry Ryan's performance. And, and they're just kind of like, Oh no, this is bad. We got to go. And it's just, there's just no time to like discuss it at all. But, and then I think in its haste, it kind of like tries to make a bunch of points that I don't really know that I fully agree with. And I, and I am like, uh, before I go on, I'll say that I am, I am like extremely like anti-colonialist, but I, I think that like this, this movie, this movie is, or this, this, this show is like, is not really grappling with like what it's actually saying, like what the text of like what it's trying to do. And hmm. in a way that I think Voyager sometimes does as as you said and, and because like before we even go into the metaphor of it like talking about like the actual like what's happening in this episode which is it, it seems like them being like well you can't violate the prime directive on these people which is like well these people aren't in starfleet they're not even in the same sector of the galaxy as starfleet is right. and i don't think the like the prime directive doesn't apply to like I don't think the prime directive says like that like also you can't on, you like, have to force yeah. other people to not do this you know like that's yeah <clears throat> and <laughs> so that's one thing and, and then also like 
they already broke the prime directive by being there. And it seemed like they ultimately didn't care that much about that. Right. Like, and so then it's like, yeah, although that, I think, I think kind of the more generous way to look at this is that it is kind of about the sort of like sort of unintended consequences or just like things kind of like snowballing out of your control that like, right. Cause at first they're just like, Oh, well like, you know, they, like, these people, like, found us, so now they know we exist. So, like, we can't do anything about that. And then, like, I'm going to go off and, like, you know, set up this transmitter, but I can't let them see it. So, like, don't let them follow me. But then they followed me anyway, so now they've seen it. So now we might as well, like, have them all be here standing around while I turn it on. Yeah. And then, like, oh, well, now doing that injured one of them. So, like, now I might as well, like, beam down a med kit and use my superior technology to save their life right Mm -hmm. that it just kind of like keeps getting that basically like you know seven i think especially is like trying at 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 the start like to actually like keep from exposing them to any of their technology in that but then kind of keeps the more like personally invested she gets with these people keeps kind of justifying more and more and then suddenly has opened them up to like being fully colonized and then, and like only then sort of like realizes, right, that kind of like, so like, I don't know if like the message is supposed to be like, this is why like you don't start with like the little thing in the first place, because like, then it gets out of control. And then you have like a team of miners coming down. But, it doesn't, but they don't really get into that because at the end, it's just kind of like, oh man, I'm glad I met these people. I have this blanket that this girl gave me. Like it was a good experience, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think they also kind of miss the point because they do have, there's like a brief, Again, like because, like you said, there's there's no time left once the actual conflict happens. Yeah, right. There, there's like one scene where like they've beamed Seven back up, and she's like in Janeway's office, and they're like, "What are we gonna do about like you know these colonists that are going down on this planet now?" Yeah, and Seven says something along the lines of like, "Well, first, like I didn't like these people because I didn't respect them." Because I thought they were too primitive, but then I like found out that they're actually kind of smart, and so now I value them and I want to protect them. And it's just like, well, I feel that seems to be missing the point to me. Oh, right, because this is this is the other I think crucial thing that they don't really address at all, which is that isn't the prime directive already kind of broken? Because the only reason that they're still this primitive is because of aliens that came and like put an artificial, artificial barrier. barrier uh, yeah. and, and it's like, and. and and like this is this is a thing of like this is a thing where it's like, again, I I'm not not pro colonization, and I and I am like, I want to respect everybody's like cultures and stuff, and so you, you you talk about like, I think that again, if the episode had had more time, they could have done something maybe interesting, maybe a little fraught, but like a little interesting about like, you know, I think something that I th- I think about a lot, and maybe you do too, just because I think of our our shared kind of upbringing in the church and stuff is, is like the. I think is it the Aqua uh, tribe in in South America, uh, the yeah like uh, the you know so if if you're if you're, you're a, like Jim Elliot yeah if you're an evangelical Christian of a certain age like you're very familiar with this there's these missionaries who went down to try to reach this this kind of like completely isolated uh, people group in South America and they were and and the 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 the, the, the these people. I think I think they're the Aqua. I, they they killed all of the missionaries who went down there at first, but then, you know, it's it's always kind of been it, the way it's always kind of talked about in in like 
evangelical circles is, well, these people were martyred for their faith, and then their family members forgave them, and they kept on trying to reach them. And ultimately, they did end up reaching them. Yeah, and, like, now there's, like, a church among these people, and, like, yeah. That, like, nothing would have happened, like, none of this would have happened if it weren't for, like, the sacrifice of the first people to go. Yeah, and it's, like, and it's kind of, like, well, or maybe, like, they just shouldn't have been down there. and But, like, it's... it's, Just leave alone the people that wanted to be left alone. Yeah, and and it's, like, it's... There, there, I think there is something, there is something, there is some complicated aspects of this because it's like there are things that like modern technology will improve people's lives and stuff. But also like I think a part of the Aqua story that gets left out when you're talking about it from like in among like Christian circles in particular is that basically like ultimately they ha- they experienced like a very like a lot of kind of like cultural genocide, you know, in, in this that like like their way of life was basically their traditions were basically stamped out and like even like a lot of the 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 missionary kind of practice like like they they were like oh you guys can't do this and you can't do that you know because you have to like follow these more christian tenets and so there were things that they used to be able to do that they were like well you can't do this now for like moral reasons you know and um and and so and now like for better or worse like like these people are kind of integrated back into like the, i can't remember what, what country they're in but they're in that they're in that country and more integrated into like society than they were before. And so like that, I don't think that's all bad in the sense that there are benefits to obviously, for example, like in this episode, like there are benefits to having better medical technology, you know, like that, than than just like poultices or whatever. But the, you know, I think there's something you could do interesting in that, but it's like, but it's weird because it's like, the premise of the episode kind of seems to be, well, the Ladosians are bad because they're going to come in and tell them what's best for them. But actually, we know what's best for them, which is right. for that, which is for that these other aliens who decided that what was best for them is that no one ever contact them ever. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And again, like that, I think that could have been an interesting episode if you have yeah. the conflict be like that the Ladosians are like, no, these are. Like, this is a group of us yeah. that we want to, like, reconnect with, like, that is, like, our species, and, like, like we should share everything that we've learned over the last, like, thousands of years with, like, this group of us that has been isolated from the rest of us, and then you're just like, well, is that colonization, or is that, like, you know, or is it, like, again, whatever, like, other race of alien, like, put this barrier up that, like, is deciding what's best, and so Ladosians are just like, you have the technology to, like, get rid of this artificial thing that's been separating our own people from each other and then voyager has to like decide which yeah like that could be a very interesting like thing to kind of look at the sides of but that's not what this episode is about this yeah is very much just like we have to protect you know the the people living their lives from the big bad people that want to colonize them yeah and it, it's like this thing that like i just think Again, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, it really is, Voyager really is like the Clinton administration Star Trek, where it's just like, (laughs) it's like this strange kind of like 90s neoliberalism of like, look, everyone deserves, you know, respect and equal rights. And to prove that we're going to just unilaterally decide what that means for everybody, you know, like, like, like. Because because like it, it, the the reason why the these these kind of primitive people are still primitive is because their society has been artificially tampered with by these other aliens, and so it's like it, in a way like that's breaking the prime directive in and of itself. Even though like you're breaking the prime directive 
kind of in the opposite way by almost kind of guaranteeing that they will be they'll continue to be a pre-warp society you know like but i don't know i just yeah i questioned like as i do sometimes on the show i questioned like Voyager's kind of like moral certitude about like what they were doing, you know, because that that's not like examined at all in the. I think there's like there's like one scene yes, where like seven is that like seven yeah. is like well what they could get a medicine or whatever, and then they're just kind of like yeah whatever, and then like that's it. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and it does also kind of very much have the like again like it's not fully noble savage, but it does kind of have that like oh like you know like they have such a nobility and like their way of life. And like, that's what we are going to protect and not as much of a, like, yeah, that like just them as people, like regardless, like no matter what, like should be like able to have what they want. And yeah. And more of a, like, well, like we're so fascinated by how they like do all this stuff with sign language and rocks and sticks and stuff. And so, you know, it's going to make us feel good about ourselves to right. let them keep doing that. I don't know. Yeah, it's rough. It's just it, not... It's, again, like, I, you can tell that they wanted to be, like, have a, like, forward-thinking approach to, like, colonialism and and allowing, like, you know, people to live the way they want to live. But, but mm-hmm. yeah, it really seemed to kind of miss miss the the point of it and just kind of got... Yeah, again, it, 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 it really is just, like, the Voyager problem. Yes. <laughs> like, re- they just kind of really, like, muddy stuff sometimes... And, and yeah. you don't come away feeling like, yep, you guys got it. Yeah, it's just like they, 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 they flatten Glad these things that, that could be actually interesting, like intellectual discussions. But I mean, yeah, I don't really have any notes on this episode either. It's just basically just like what we've said about like their conclusions are weird. And then like the, the episode ends where it should start, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing that I... And I know we, I'm sure we, we've talked about this by now, but like in the, that kind of earlier scene that I was talking about where like Seven like trips over a root and like drops her tricorder, that then she just like sticks her like exposed hand into this like very dark crevice. And I'm just like, I, you, I feel like Starfleet should have like the most basic of survival training. Yeah. Especially like since you're going to like, planets that no one has been to or knows anything about like there should be i feel like it should be much more drilled into people of just like don't go like touching or like eating random stuff and like don't like stick your hand down a dark place you can't see like you're going to get bit by a mugatu although at the same time it's like if you i guess they never do get the tricorder out of there but it's like now someone is just going to, like, find that tricorder years later and be like, what's this? You know, like, that's... That is a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of prime directive uh, confusion in this episode, I would say. Yeah. But... I mean, it's Voyager. <laughs> I don't know if we just, like, give Voyager the hardest time about it, because, like, the show literally starts with, like, them being like, we can make water. Here yeah. is a bunch of it that we will trade for a favor. <laughs> yeah. When, like... It's it's far from the only show to have a prime directive problem, right? Like there's an episode of the first season of TNG where they beam someone up to the ship and they're just like, "This is space. It's where your god lives." Yeah. But <laughs> but yep. yeah. It it feels like Voyager and specifically Janeway like do a lot of bending the prime directive. Yeah. Or just ignoring it. Any anything else you want to talk about in this in this episode? That's that's all I had, I think. 
Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. This uh, we come out every other week, so in a couple weeks we'll be back with uh, an episode called a pretty famous episode, I think, of of TNG called Reunion, which is yeah, so season four, episode seven of uh, TNG. It's called Reunion, and uh, uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on uh, Twitter. Uh, contracts you can check us out um on our website at autocontracts.podbean.com you can visit us or you can email us at autocontracts at gmail.com or you can visit our youtube page at autocontracts contracts is spelled c-o-n-t-r-a-k-s you can also check out the other shows in the cloudoscope media podcast network there is here's johnny which is a, a horror media podcast there's that's not science works which is a science and pop culture podcast and there is wizard studies which is a harry potter podcast so check any of those folks out and we'll see you next time thanks everybody thanks everyone Bye.